Good morning. Uh, uh, we, this, I'm Pastor David, if you don't know me, and uh, next week we are starting a new series called Evil Lives, and we always really like to start January with something a little edgy, with something that makes you think, with something that'll do stuff in your heart, and, um, and you know, when we sat down and planned out this year uh, from, from the preaching side, one of the things that we thought about was there's a lot of stuff that went down these last years, uh, especially last year. And there's some things that are worth talking about. And um, this, this topic is one of them. What is evil? How do we understand it? You know, is it at work in our world? What do we do about it? It's really, really important to kind of wrestle with some of those things. And I want to tell you, Christian faith, as, as it does, has some really clear, solid answers uh, that point us to the truth. And that's what I'm excited to really walk into next week. I actually also want to give you even a little bit of a overview so you can look at the specific things we're going to hit in the weeks to come. And next week, we're going to start by defining evil, title of the message. It's actually not as easy as you think, and it's really the most important place to start. The second week, uh, we're going to do a message called The Real Social Dilemma. And I think many of you guys may have seen a docudrama on Netflix called The Social Dilemma, which talks about uh, social media and some of the effects it's having on people and society, and it raises the question of evil. And actually, I want to get underneath it and, and share some biblical thoughts that I think really will help us see that in a new light. Uh, the next week, you really believe in the devil, right? We're going to talk about a biblical theological understanding of Satan. And then in the final week, uh, there's the title is Serpent Head Crusher, because um, I want you to know that evil might live, but Jesus is more alive. And, um, and I really want you guys to trust that and embrace that. And that's where we're going to go here. It's going to be awesome. Uh, make it next week. If you're online, make, be here. And let me say, these are always great series to invite a friend to. It's going to make them think. It's going to challenge them. If you've got a non-Christian friend, this is the perfect one to invite them to participate and watch. It's going to be great. Um, what are we doing today? Well, I want to actually start by, uh, by asking you all, especially if you're in the room, uh, to do something for me. Uh, you guys can't really help out in exactly the same way if you're at home. But um, one of the things that was really challenging, that is continues to be challenging as a preacher during COVID, where we have masks on in the room, is I can't see what your mouth is doing. And so when, I, when I'm preaching and I am telling a joke, I can't tell if it's funny or if it's bad and I need to leave it. Also can't tell like what you're thinking in the same way. It is, it is amazing to me how much we communicate through our mouths. I'm sure you guys have noticed that over time. So if I can't see what your mouth is doing, you know how you can help me? You can talk to me. All right? This is, this is something I'd like to bring a little bit into the, into the culture of this church, right? It, yeah, brother. All right? If, there is a, if there's a point that you're like, oh, that was, that was helpful, that was good, there's a word we say in church that you can say, yes, that's it. Amen. Can we do that? One, two, three. Amen. Good. Okay. Here's another word that I would like. Uh, there's, a, there's a thing you can say that helps me, that lets me know I'm doing like I'm on it. 
preach it, brother. Like, preach it. Can, can you guys do that one with me? One, two, three. Preach it. Thank you. Yes, I will. Okay. Uh, if it's not funny, I'm still going to tell the joke, okay? <laughs> no, uh, I, I just, uh, help me out here, y'all. This is a reality that we're living with. It is not a reality that I hope is here forever. But you know what? We can actually create some fun and life in this room. And I just ask you guys to be a part of that. Intentional. And I'm going to keep bugging you because I can't see what's happening. Okay? All right? Okay. All right. Um, What are we doing today? Uh, First Sunday of the year. Kind of a one-off. Man, I don't always do this every year, but I felt the need to kind of talk about New Year's resolutions, and but not in the same way that we might always talk about them. Um, and I'll share more later, but just in a clear, simple, straightforward thing that kind of came out of my own prayer and working through how do I enter into this next year. And I want to share with you guys a verse from Psalm 27 that, um, that really kind of is at the heart of some of the thought behind this message. Here it is. One thing. I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. That one thing that I ask, this this one thing only that I seek, that's what I really want you to capture and to leave you with this morning. One thing, one thing, okay? Let's pray. Jesus, we come before you and we are here asking you to speak. Lord, help us speak back. Lord, give us the energy to be present and the heart of gratitude to know what it is, a gift and a blessing. Uh, Lord, to, to worship, to come before you, to give you thanks to learn, to open up our hearts and minds, to see you at work. And I just pray that you would, you would do that this morning, that you would soften the heart, that you'd quicken the mind, that you would speak through me and through Johnny and Nikki a little later, Lord, that, that the things that you've put into our hearts to share out of our mouths and the meditations that you put in response in, in our lives, Lord, that that, that 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 would be an offering to you, that it would be pleasing to you, And Jesus, we come here today because you're our rock and our redeemer, and we need you. And so we ask you to be present, for your Holy Spirit to be among us. Jesus, these things we pray in your name. Amen. All right. So I read about a college professor um, whose name is Rachel Olson, and she teaches public speaking. And every year, she does an exercise with her students that is really quite fun. And it goes like this. She says, I want you to take a piece of paper. She says to her students, and rip it into three pieces. And when you do that, you rip it into three pieces. Oh, here's what I want you to do. Take the first piece, she says, and I want you to to put a creepy bug on it. So a nasty insect, something that crawls and you don't want moving up your leg. Draw that on that piece of paper. Second piece of ripped scrap paper. She says, I want you to write the name of your, well, just a food that you hate. Some food that is disgusting to you. The taste, the texture, the way it smells, something you don't want to eat. Write it, write, write that down. And then uh, the last thing she says, I want you to write 
the term that you use for the mother figure in your life. Most of us probably mom, right? If we're five, it might be mommy, right? Uh, whatever, but whoever that is, uh, whatever term you use, she says, write it down. She says, okay, uh, I, and I want us to do this. I want you to think about these. So I, I did mine, and uh, this is a spider. It is a creepy, crawly, large arachnid. I hate these things. I don't want to step on anything that I can feel underfoot, right? This is mine. Hey, come on, can I get a name? Hey, surely there's a yes. Okay, right. There we go. There we go, people. All right, here is the next one. This is my food. It says cow brain. Yeah, preach it. There we go. <laughs> Let me share. This is a, not a hypothetical for me. Uh, I've lived overseas. I have been to weddings where this was a delicacy. And I will share with you, it is the texture. It is awful. It is, I don't even, yes, it is so gross, all right? All right, the last one is mom. I call my mom, I don't know what else to call my mom other than mom, right? And so this is mom, and this is an image of my mom because I love her, and this is for brownie points later, her and her granddaughters. I love you, mom, okay, all right? Thank, uh, there we go. Okay, so what she does is say, here's what I want you to do. She says, I'm going to take my insect. Uh, Professor Olson does this. She takes it and she puts it on the ground. And she says, I want you to stomp it out. So she stomps on that bug. And it gets away. She stomps on it. And all her students are like, what is she doing? You know, is she, is she crazy, right? She's stomping on it. She says, nope, throw your bug down and stomp on it. And they all kind of hesitantly do it. And they drop their bugs. And then they, they stomp on that ink fire ant or whatever it is underfoot, okay? And then the next thing she does, she says, okay, take that food, put it down on the ground, and who wants to eat that? You stomp on that too. So they stomp on it, and they stomp on it. Amen, right? Stomp on that cow brain, right? That'd be nasty, right? And then she takes the mom, she puts it down, and she stomps on mom, right? And... Every student just kind of watches her cautiously, quizzically concerned. What is she doing stomping on mom, right? And here, remember, why is she doing this? It is a public speaking course. And this is the first most important thing that she wants to communicate to her students. Words have power. The words that we use and the meaning that is behind them, the people, the relationships, they matter. Okay? I want you to hold that thought. We are here in the first week of 2021, a week long awaited for, like few others in probably most of our history. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I... Uh, I think this is also the week where many of us are looking ahead and saying, what, what, do you, you, what do I want to happen this year? What does God want to happen in my life this year? And we, we, do, we resolve to do things. We do New, New Year's resolutions, and we think they're different aspects of our life. And I don't know about you, but every year, actually, I don't, I'm not like warm to this idea. I, I've only grown to love it over time because I've realized that goal setting matters, that actually setting some, some goals and working towards those and planning that out actually helps you accomplish things. 
I don't really love the, the whole hype stuff around New Year's resolutions, so I do it. But this year, I really am struggling to do it. Why? Well, you guys know, because we remember you 2020, right? And we know that many of us started out well and strong and did the work. And man, I'll tell you, I even did really good on mine all the way through March. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and, uh, and now I'm wounded. And now I'm afraid because I don't want to, I don't want to do all this work and walk into spring break and then have it never end again. Y'all know what I'm saying, right? There, that, there we go. Amen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what do you do? How do we, how do, how, uh, Lord, how do I muster up the energy and the faith and the desire to, to even do it? Should I even do it? And I've been praying about that and thinking about that. And you know, um, I, uh, for me, I felt like the Holy Spirit gave me an answer. And it, he did it by actually reminding me of something that I did uh, with a wonderful Sunday school class at our other campus at First Methodist Pearland five years ago that some people here uh, were part of in something called My One Word. My One Word. And that's what I want to share with you guys this morning. And let me tell you, it's really simple. It's really clear. And there's a book and there's videos about it. But I don't need to actually share all that with you. All I need to do is to tell you, here's what I'm going to ask you to do, offer you to do, encourage you to do. Pick one word for 2021. One word that's on your heart that you pray about before God of focus, a point of focus, a point of clarity. One thing that you say, I'm going to lean into this. I'm going to live into this. I'm going to live by faith in this for the next year. And you hold it before yourself and you hold it before God and you do it. What kind of words? Well, you pick it out. It's the word that you discern. Words like uh, hope, release, intentional, faithful. You hear your words saying amen. Obedience. Come on. Health. <laughs> Study. Service. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. I really think that this is a way that we can let's still maybe even set some goals, still even maybe aim for some things, but hold something bigger ahead of ourselves that really it doesn't matter what happens in the circumstances around us. We still consider this word and put it in our hearts and minds. And, um, and you know, it's just like the psalmist said, Psalm 27, this one thing... I desire this one thing I seek. What was it? For me, it was worship. It was probably his word. He needed to worship. That's the one thing he wanted. What is it for you? I want to offer you guys a really simple three-step process to find your word. Okay? Uh, and then three of us are going to share our words with you this morning. And here, here it goes. Here's the first part. I want you to begin with prayer. And I want you to just pray Lord, what do you want for my one word? Lord, what do you want for my one word? Pray that prayer and just wait for God to speak.
and that's it. That's the first step. Uh, this is a spiritual exercise, right? We're in church because we're not just picking the word we want, what we want for the year. Like, I'm not saying that's bad. I'm not saying that's not important. I'm not saying it's part, not part of the equation. But y'all, the word Lord that we call Jesus means he leads and guides. So we don't make these decisions on our own. We put them up before our Lord and we say, Lord, what do you want my one word to be? And God's going to guide us there far better than we're going to guide ourselves. And then we believe that God's going to actually answer that prayer. Honestly, it may come immediately. It did for me. I'll share it in a little bit, my word. It may take uh, a few hours, minutes, days of discernment, whatever it is. But you pick one word. You don't pick six words. You pick one word that you hold up before God and you let him work in your life this year. Okay, here's the second bit. You pick it and you share it with a friend. First is pray. Second is pick one word and share it with a friend. Okay? Uh, You're going to maybe need to linger here, but don't linger too long. If this takes you more than a week, you're not doing it right. Okay, <laughs> you, you, if you have six words and you're not sure, right, go talk to a friend and say, here are my six words. And they'll say, this is the word that you need. And take that as God's word to you. Okay, because God does speak that way. And you just need to take one word and pick it and then let God take you places with it as you move forward. Like, for instance, if your word is peace, didn't mean to step on your word there, Nikki, but uh <laughs> The word peace, what you're going to find is you hold that before yourself and you think about it and you open up the Bible and find scriptures in it is that it's going to take you different places throughout the months, right? You may uh, be praying peace, saying, God, how do I find and know and live into peace? And the first month you discover that you've got some behaviors that are actually robbing you of your peace when you think about it right? And so God is able to start working on that part of your life. And then you do that for next season, maybe it's March, you discover that another part of your lack of peace is that you lack control of situations and you're struggling to let that go, right? That one word has now taken you two places. And what I'm going to tell you is you hold it up before you and it's going it, to, throughout the course of the year, you lean into it you're going to learn all kinds of things about all kinds of things with just one word. Um, uh, the other thing, as you pick it, you got to share it with a friend. I, I, I want to tell you accountability matters. This is true in any goal. This is definitely true of New Year's resolutions. If you don't share it with a friend, I can actually tell you the date in which it's likely to fail. It's about February 13th or something, according to research. But if you tell a friend, you say, my word's discipline, on February 13th, guess what can happen? Your friend can be like, hey, how's it going with discipline, David, right? This, this matters. Tell your spouse, tell a friend, if you're in a group, a growth group, tell your growth group. I'm planning on doing all three. And, um, and I, and I want to say, just make sure you do that. Who's that person in your life that you're going to share it with? Lastly, place your one word everywhere, every day. Every, every day, think about this word. And then all over the places in your life, put this word on your mirror, write it next to your bedside table. I have mine. I wrote it down in my Bible. It's right at the front. Here's my word and a verse that's part of it. 
put it on your phone screensaver, whatever. You, you need to keep, the idea is that you keep it out in front of you and every day you're thinking about it, even if just for a few moments. And, and then it, it just anchors itself in your life. It just like gets in there. And that's it, y'all. Then you get to see what God does in, in that word, through, through that word in you and those around you. That's what I'm going to offer you. And now three, three of us are going to share our words. Go ahead, Johnny. Sir, yes, sir. Thank you, Pastor David. Um, so my one word is wisdom and wisdom. Um, so for me, uh, I'm going to be a little transparent with you all this morning. For me, I think sometimes, uh, for me, as a man, when I reach certain levels of accomplishment, uh, it does something to my ego. When, I, when I'm able to face some type of opposition and I do really well when I face it, it does something with my ego. When I complete some type of education or certification or a designation, it does something with my ego. And in that, I rest because I believe that what I have accomplished has everything to do with me and very little to do with God. Preach, Johnny. No, oh, I love it. I love it. So, so one of those things that I deal with is sometimes holding these things based off of the accomplishments that I have attained in life and saying that I have done it. I've accomplished it. And so the various positions that I hold in life that are dear to me, such as being a faithful, a good husband, being a reliable, respectable father, being an effective business owner or a team member, those things I realize that I cannot do it within my own means, within my own strength, within my own might, that I have to rely on something greater than that. Because I realize the older I get, the less I know. The older I get, the more I realize how, how the, this humanity, this, this weakness, this frailty that I possess, and I need more of God to be able to pursue, to, to navigate the, the hurdles of life. And so with God's wisdom, it allows me to be able to stay focused on the fact that it's not about Johnny. It's not about my strength. It's not about my education. It's not about my accomplishment, but it's all about God's wisdom that he has afforded me with, right? And so the other piece to this as well is direction. Oftentimes, when I try to navigate this life within my own reason that makes sense to me, I tend to lose direction. I tend to make it to the wrong desert destination, and then I have to start all back over again. And sometimes with those challenges, with those issues, it costs me a lot of time or a lot of money, and the worst thing, it might cost relationships. But when I could take rest in God's peace or wisdom, I apologize, in God's wisdom, I realize that life is so much easier. There's a scripture found in James 1, 5. The brother of Jesus says something to us that I think all of us can re resonate with. He says this, if any of you lack wisdom, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, 
and it will be given to you. The beautiful thing about that, God gives us this wisdom without finding fault. God, I messed up before because I did it within my own might, my own strength, but he gives me this wisdom without finding fault. God, I thought I was able to do it because I have this influence or this education or I, I hold a certain position, but God still gives me this wisdom without finding fault. So my encouragement as we navigate through 2021, seek God for that one word that you are believing him to bless you with. And I, tr I trust that he will give you that word. Amen. Good morning. Both these gentlemen have told you my words. So there's no surprise there. <laughs> um, my name is Nikki and I, um, I love the one word process. I've actually done this since about 2010, 2011. It gets a little bit blurry when I think about life before kids. Um, but I have uh, my very best friend in the world. Uh, her name is Carmel and Carmel is just that person who, um, in everything, like she just believes God's best always. And she's always looking for that. She's just a dreamer. And Carmel is the best friend for me. And God knew that because I'm just not that person. I am the person who is like, let's just faith it till we make it. I need it black and white. I'm very rational. I'm very simple. God, just give me what I need for today. And I'll be real thankful about it. But Carmel, and I'll tell you, it pays off. The girl got engaged in front of the Eiffel Tower with a violinist and a surprise photographer. Like these things. Like she just, she lives this amazing life because she believes God's best. And so Carmel encouraged me to um, go on this dreamer journey with her of selecting one word. And uh, so I've done it since then, and I don't, I don't actually remember a lot of my words. I remember the hardest one uh, was 2016. My word was hope, and that was really one of the hardest years of my marriage. We had our second child. It was very difficult. She had some health issues when she was born. My husband had just started a new job. Um, it was just, uh, it was tough. But God taught me um, through that, and that's that's why I love this process is because it's about doing the work. It's about um, all that it brings, the contentment and the surrender, um, God taught me that there's nothing in the earth that I can put my hope in, that there is only God. And so um, ever since then, I pray about it. I don't remember it, so I actually encourage you. I was talking to Ann Van Hoos. Many of you know Ann. She's fantastic. She leads our kids very, very well alongside, has a heart, has done amazing things for our kids' ministry. Uh, right now, she's leading our kids online on Zoom and has done that faithfully since March 16th of last year. Um, and so she, I was talking to her about this process and she said, because Anne gives me wisdom, um, she said, what you need to do is write this down. You need to write it down just like you prayer journal. Um, you need to write it down that way you can look back and see God's faithfulness through the years. And so I really encourage you to do that. And I'm going to start it now. Um, this year, um, I pray about it. It usually, like David said, it comes pretty quickly for me. Um, and sometimes I doubt it and I'm like, God, is that really, really? That's the word you want me to go for? Okay, cool. Um, one year it was love, and I thought that I was about to love others, and it turned out that I was really supposed to learn to love myself. Um, and so it just, there's always a cool twist to it. So 2020, as you well remember, was hard. It was hard for me as an adult to understand, hard for me to lead my kids and my family um, through it because it, I just couldn't understand. I never could quite get my brain wrapped around what on earth was going on. And um, there's all these different sources that kept inspiring doubt and fear inside of me. And so, um, but there was, uh, besides COVID, there were just all these other things, right? It just seemed like there was just layer after layer after layer peeled off. And I read this 
um, analogy this week, and it, it just perfectly described it. 2020 exposed my lack of peace like I was standing naked in an icy windstorm. It was supposed to be incredible. I don't know if you remember this meme. I pulled this off of Twitter. Um, 2020 was supposed to be great. I mean, it's symmetrical. Who doesn't love that? It, um, all of these things were supposed to happen, and we barely got through Valentine's Day without the whole thing falling apart. I remember laughing. I bought a beautiful 2020 planner, and I threw it in the trash. <laughs> like, like I, I wish I just could have set it on fire. Like, what a waste of money. I might as well just, like, lit up a cigarette. Like, what on earth? Um, so I found myself without peace more often than I could even recall. And so David asked me and I got the word peace and that's when I was like, really, Lord? All right, cool. Let's do this. Um, that's how I talk to God a lot. <laughs> All right. Um, kind of stomping behind him like a bratty kid. But when I started to settle down and actually open scripture and see what the Bible had to say about peace, I realized that I lack peace in this God that I claim to follow with all of my heart, soul, and mind, and strength. And for a moment, this sense of shame washed over me. Um, I felt grief that I wasn't actually living the very thing that I claim takes all of my heart. Um, thankfully, there's no condemnation in Christ. And so I started to do the work of looking in my Bible. Um, I encourage you to do this with whatever your word is, unless you're like Anne. Her word for 2020 was plow straight. She cheated. She chose two words. Um, but that's okay. She's Anne. She can do that. Um, I don't think there's a lot of plow straight specifically in the Bible. There's a few plowing verses that come through. But I always flip back to the handy concordance, and I look through to see what's there. And the Holy Spirit is so faithful to, like, bring to mind some of the things. So I landed here, uh, Colossians 3, verses 12 through 15. Um, and as I read this, think about all the things of 2020 and how this application would have actually benefited. It says, therefore, as God's chosen people... Holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another, just like God, for if you guys have a grievance, just the way that God has forgiven you. And over all of these things, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace and be thankful so as we look into this new year as we step into 2021 um, in complete vulnerability I want to share some of my anxieties with you if we go back to all remote school let the peace of Christ rule in my heart as my baby girl starts kindergarten next fall, this fall, ugh, let the peace of Christ rule in my heart. When I take some steps over the next few weeks and become an official candidacy, uh, candidate for um, deacon ordination in the Methodist Church, let the peace of Christ rule in my heart. And when I work for more honesty in some really difficult relationships that I have, let that peace of Christ rule in my heart. 
as I mentioned, I like to go through. I like to see what the Bible has to say all because because um, I think the Bible is so much more rich when you see the full context of the words that it uses. So John 16, 33 says this about peace. It's that Jesus is talking to them. He's telling his disciples about what life is going to be like when they're living without him after he's ascended back to heaven. And he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And then finally, I'll leave you with 2 Thessalonians 3.16. Uh, here, Paul is writing to the church of Thessalonica, and he is encouraging them to live responsibly, despite all the difficulty that they are going to face as believers. And he says, now the, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with you all. Nikki and Johnny, thank you guys. Um, all right, uh, here's my word and just mention there's no greater way to be accountable than to tell every person in the church. So thankful for these guys willing to do that. Uh, I, um, my word this year is trust. And when I prayed about it, it just came immediately. It wasn't there. I didn't have to linger. Uh, God brought it to my heart and my mind, and I knew it was right. And I think the reason it's the word that God put on my spirit is because God wants to give it to me, and I need it. Um, I bet a lot of you guys actually relate to a lot of things they said and relate to this. This was a year where it was tough to trust. And it's so interesting. I think back on my life and um, there were a lot of tougher years in my life than this one actually but for some reason something about just the way things were uh, it was just as there was too many times where I had my trust robbed from me like I would hear something and get concerned about it and then I just walk into that cycle of what ifs that descending cycle where I'd be reading between lines and a lot of times it, it just wasn't, it wasn't good. And, and I made a decision not to trust. And, and what happened was it robbed me of peace. It robbed me of patience. It robbed me of perseverance. It robbed me of the good gifts God wanted to give. And so this verse also came to my mind when I prayed for this. I've known it for many years. It's, it's an incredible verse, but I think God maybe really wants to work with me on it this year. It's Proverbs 3, uh, verses 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. And um, it's that line, lean not on your own understanding, that's the one where God's got my heart and my mind right now. I need to trust with every little ounce that I have that God's got me, that God's honestly has us as a church. Um, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust you. And then, and we're going to step forward uh, together and I'm going to let God lead. And um, that's my word. What about y'all? What's your word? Do you have one on your heart and your mind yet? Some of you nodding. I'd encourage you if you're not there yet, take some time this week and pray. Uh, I want to run through that process really simply with you again one more time. Pray and ask God, Lord, what do you want for my one word? Let God lead this. Invite God into this. 
in a big way too. Pick the word and then share it with somebody. Okay? Not in just your own head, in the head of somebody else so they can walk with you as you as you live into it. Three, place that one word everywhere, every day, all the time. Sound good, y'all? Let's lift all this up to the Lord right now. Jesus, I thank you for these people here in this room, every single heart and mind at home. We are before you. God is the one who speaks and works and, and does stuff in our lives, in the world, good things that we know that's who you are and that when we don't see it, we know you're working, Lord. And so we come before you now asking you to reveal just a word to us, a piece of your plan, something that is good for us as who we are, individuals walking forward to follow you. And I pray that these words that would come to our hearts and our minds would lead us to growth, would lead us to blessing, would lead us to know you and follow you um, all the days of our lives, especially this year, Lord. These things we pray, Jesus, in your name. Amen.